everybody, welcome to, you thought I was gonna say avoiding, but it's navigating real estate turbulence. Unlike Bewitched, where they switch Darren's, we're just changing one word in the name, but it's still your same host, Tony and John. I'm John Lafferty with Century 21 Town & Country. All right, I am Tony Abate with Ross Morgage. Thanks for joining us again. We were off for a while. We took a little bit of a break. Uh, COVID upset our schedule just a little bit. We're glad to be back on. We're here in the killer studios of, of Mammoth. Uh, and and we're, we're anxious to get back on. Yeah, it's good to be back. And uh, because we were off for a while, we thought we'd sort of do a recap of 2020 just to give you an idea of what was happening in the real estate market before COVID, when COVID hit, and then post-COVID, just to give you an idea of what 2020 was like and kind of what we're expecting this year. Right, yeah. So, so 2020 was, uh, to say, as challenging as an understatement, to say the least. Um, you know, on, a, on or around March, mid-March, we all got the, the notification. Things are just shutting down, and, and uh, you would hear about one thing that could not proceed, and then another thing would be shut down, and so on and so on. And uh, uncharted territory for everybody, that's for sure. And so all aspects of people's lives were impacted. Um, you know, certainly in our, our respective businesses, mortgage and real estate, there was a big impact. The, the first thing that happened is, uh, you know, how do we, not the first thing, but one of the, one of the more uh, relevant things that happened was, how do we navigate real estate uh, with, with the pandemic that, that's upon us now? And uh, there, there were, I, I, for, from my perspective, I saw kind of two different things clashing. Number one, we had the, uh, you know, the legal things that, that needed to be put into place. Could showings take place? Could showings not take place? Who could go where? What could be open? What couldn't be open? And then you had, you had where people's heads were at during all this too. And that is, well, I know that I can do this, but should I? Do I want to be going into someone's home? Do I want to be out? Uh, do I want to be doing these things? And is this even the right thing to do because of where the economy was? It impacted thing, people on, on so many different levels. And, uh, you know, it was new to everybody. So all we could do is kind of do our best as we went forward. So I, I think the first thing uh, that I recall, John, is, is when, when, when 2020 happened, uh, the, the pandemic happened, the, the, the buy and sell process of real estate kind of just ground to a halt until people could figure out how to make it all work. We had it somewhat easier on the mortgage side in that uh, we could take our process from end to end and, and do it remotely. Uh, people could upload documents in a secure fashion. We didn't have to see them. Um, but, uh, but we're just one part of the puzzle. I mean, uh, aside from refinance transactions, unless the purchase can happen, then what we can do or can't do is, is kind of irrelevant. So um, I, I'm thinking back uh, to, to how things transitioned and, and how it did grind to a halt. Uh, open houses really couldn't happen. And then there was just really that thought of, well, how do we go forward? You know, some people were buying and selling a home because they wanted to. And some people were buying and selling a home because they had to. Um, you know, uh, change in family size, job transfer, whatever. But do, do you recall some of the conversations that you might have had with customers about, hey, what do we do now? You know, we can't go into houses. We can't do this. We can't do that. What do you recall about that happening? January and February in, into March was really starting off great in 2020. You know, the number of sales were up year over year each of those months, mm -hmm. uh, number of pendings, I should say. And so we were really looking forward to a banner 2020. And then uh, once COVID hit, it grinded everything to a halt for the most part. Now, 
Closings were still taking place, but as you can imagine, depending on where they were in the process, if they weren't far enough along, then they were just on hold. And I actually had a transaction that uh, was, we, we got the offer accepted, the inspection was done, and then boom, shut everything down. Yeah. Now they were still able to go through the loan process and get to a certain point. Uh, the appraiser was able to walk the exterior of the property and get that done, but we were still on hold for almost two months um, to get through that. And it, it was the case with a lot of people, uh, a lot of realtors and their buyers and a lot of sellers who were just kind of sitting and, and showings weren't allowed. Now, I'm not going to say that some showings didn't take place because I, I know for a fact that there were some out there who... Um, as we say, we're going rogue and doing <laughs> doing those things. And, uh, you know, listing agents were saying, I don't want to know about it. Uh, the front door is going to be unlocked. The seller is going to be going to uh, the drive through for the next hour if you happen <laughs> to be going there. So, you know, stuff like that was. Ha but those were the those were the exceptions, not the rules. Most realtors, um, the majority of them, I should say, observed this and, and, you know, took great care in making sure that their clients were, were safe and themselves. And then once we got to May and the governor uh, said, okay, we're allowed to start showing homes again, real estate is allowed to happen, that's really when things started to take back off. But, you know, at the same time, like I, I had a, a, a listing uh, that uh, that I had been working on, and you know this person, and this person reached out to me and said, okay, so May 7th, we're going live. I want to go live, um, you know, right thereafter. <laughs> I want to be at the front end of a bunch of listings that we're anticipating coming, and smart decision on his part to do that because we were at the front end and as people started to trickle in and listings started trickling by the end of may it was it was crazy man step on the gas and get through summer it was just nonstop showings listings um but certainly a lot le a lot less listings than the previous year over year mm -hmm. um and, and i attribute that to a few things one is some people just didn't want people strangers in their home mm -hmm. Um, whether they were afraid of COVID or their own health or whatever it was, they just didn't want their home on the market and people coming through their homes. Other people, it wasn't the right time. Some of them had lost employment, uh, were maybe in the restaurant industry, uh, making a move at that point. They weren't going to qualify anymore because they'd lost an income. Um, so lots of factors went into uh, the amount of inventory that was available. And so what we ended up seeing heading into summer was a lot of buyers jumping back in, uh, ready to buy, first time home, move up buyers, and the inventory just wasn't there. So that led to a lot of bidding wars last summer, a lot of yeah. bidding wars. And you just had to get crazy. You had to get creative. You had to um, necessarily recommend things to clients that you normally wouldn't. Um, and, and if you did, you had to caveat it with, this is a risk. You have to understand this. But um, fortunately, most for my clients worked out. And for some, there were just certain things that they were uncomfortable doing. And so we took the longer game approach, you know, uh, 
okay, so we're not going to find a place in June. We're probably going to get aced out of a lot of these places because you're just uncomfortable going this far above list or, you know, doing these things with appraisals, guaranteeing things. And that's fine. So I understood and they understood it's going to be a longer process for you. But as long as you're okay with it, I'm okay with it. And we'll find the right home. Eventually we'll find the right one. Somebody will appreciate your offer and you as a buyer and, and we'll get it accepted. And so that's it. It was just a little bit of a longer, a game approach mm-hmm. to things um, that, that we had to take with some buyers. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, I think, I think one of the crazy ironies of 2020 is, again, it was new to everybody. Nobody knew what to expect. Nobody knew how long it was going to last. And so, so many businesses took some defensive actions, you know, be it laying off staff or, or scaling back operations or whatever. And so there was all this uh, uh, care and concern over, over what bad could happen in the future except for people's desire to buy homes. Yeah. It's almost as, as big of a, a, a purchase and as big as a commitment that, as that is, people seem to set aside those economic concerns and, and, and chose to move forward with the home purchase. And I don't, I, you know, I, I don't hear a lot of people regretting that they did it. Uh, real estate values are still strong. My goodness, the interest rates are, are, were and are at historic lows. But uh, I thought it was an interesting departure between, you know, so many doom and gloom outlooks about the economy that might be coming down the road, except for purchasing a new home. And and everybody was, uh, many people were gung-ho to go forward with that. Um, You know, it's it's a basic need. It's a staple. You got to have a roof over your head, number one. And number two, I think the other part of it, and, and I think I'm surprised that this did not contribute to more inventory, is that people had equity back in their homes that they that took them many many years to recover after the recession my gut told me that we would see a lot of homes come on the market so that people could realize that equity but that really just didn't happen we are and have been in uh, you know a tilted supply and demand situation where we just have far more buyers than we do sellers right now our world was affected on the finance side not so much from the execution again you guys had challenges on the real estate side as far as just managing showings uh, managing the fact that uh, here in Michigan closings really have to still take place in a in a in a face-to-face environment mm-hmm. and and the rules were changing as we go and then the underwriting side on the on the lending uh, uh, side of the equation certainly changed as well. Part of that had to do with, uh, I guess, from an overall standpoint, when when mortgages are approved, they're approved based on historic data. You know, we look at last year's W-2s, we look at at uh, last couple months bank statements, etc. But we were in a situation where we had somebody who was gainfully employed at the beginning of the situation and then just lost their job before it could all finish. One of the underwriting things that had to happen is that we were doing employment verification figuratively within hours of the closing because we just had to get that close to it to find to, just to have assurance that the person uh, was uh, was still employed. It's painful, but it was really for everyone's uh, benefit. You know, we're not helping anybody if we let them close on a home and their income stream has stopped happening with no end in sight. But here's the interesting thing that kind of made that challenging. So here we are, uh, we're, we're, we're not wanting to delay closings, but we have to do employment verifications uh, uh, right at the tail end of the deal. And where are all those HR people right now? They're working from home. 
and, and that really added some turbulence to the mix. And we got through it, and, and for the most part, people were understanding. Um, but it was, uh, it, it, was, it was really a snap to attention with our industry uh, as far as, you know, what we, we, we don't want to delay closings. Um, you know, people are waving their paycheck stub at us. I'm still employed. I'm still here. But we had to go through that part, and, uh, and we, we navigated through it. Uh, you know, the, one of the results of, of the COVID uh, thing that, that happened to us. You know, the other thing that, that came into play from a financing standpoint was how self-employed people were, uh, were affected as well. You know, you've worked with a lot of self-employed people over the years. And, and again, the problem that we had is that when we review the finances of self-employed person, what are we looking at? We're looking at those tax returns. Well, in the context of COVID, that was like from Flintstones era. They, they were really old compared to what was going on in business right now. And so things had to change whereby uh, we had to look at, at, at bank statement activity for the business, and we still do. Is that, is that business making reasonable deposits that at least make it look like a similar income stream as they had when they filed their last tax returns? They have to prepare P&Ls for us to show that you know, what's going on right now is reasonably close to what was going on with the tax returns. Um, and, it, and it's tough, you know, as, as we were talking about in another episode, um, businesses were all over the spectrum as far as how they were uh, uh, affected by the pandemic. And we just had to do the best we could uh, to stay ahead of it and, and make good lending decisions because of that. So it was tricky times and, and it's still tricky, but we've gotten, we've gotten used to it to an extent, right? I mean, we've gotten a little better with it and, and, and people kind of have that expectation now because goodness gracious, we've been living with COVID for a year. And, and it, it's just kind of a part of our everyday process. It's, it sounds kind of strange to say, but for me as a realtor, it's generally speaking not my first thought, uh, you know, when entering a house of, okay, I got to do this and this and this. Uh, having a mask on and if gloves are required or I got to put booties on, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. It's somebody's house. You're entering somebody's private residence, and if that's what they're requiring, well, then you try to respect that. It's just part of the process right now. I mean, closings are usually people are wearing masks. We have shields and everything else. Mm -hmm. You know, it is what it is right now, and uh, I don't fight it. it. It's just it's a part of it's it's a normal part of how we do business and how we get from beginning to end. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't I don't see it as anything other than part of the circumstances right now and uh, eventually sometime in the future it won't be right right I, th I think one of the interesting things that happened too in 2020 was the uh, uh, the speed of of the execution of allowing mortgage forbearances so uh, you recall there was a certain amount of economic panic in the air at mm -hmm. the time yeah. uh, nobody wanted to see things that would would trigger another recession uh, like uh, like happened before. And so one of the real quick uh, decisions in our industry was, okay, folks, you can request a forbearance on your mortgage if you've been impacted by, by the pandemic. But the interesting thing is there was no burden of proof necessary. So, uh, and, and, and it, I think it was one of those uh, situations where you have, uh, you know, good intentions, maybe poor execution. And, and the reason they did it that way was expedience, right? I mean, if they didn't have to evaluate whether somebody uh, needed that assistance in the forbearance or not, then they could, they could get to that green light on the forbearance sooner. But the reality is, um, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent, a lot of consumers were simply saying, why not? 
if, if I can hold off on making mortgage payments, whether I'm impacted or not, why, do, why would I not do that? Well, there were a couple reasons. Number one, uh, what else was going on at that point in time? Refinances, right? Mm -hmm. And so you had this, this crazy juxtaposition where people were saying, well, I want a forbearance and I want to not make mortgage payments, but I also want to refinance my loan and get a lower interest rate. Well, as an industry, we're a little sensitive to when mortgage payments aren't being made, right? And so there was some gyrations and guidelines around that. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, the common sense requirement was, look, before we can help you with a, with a new mortgage, you got to get the current one current. So, so that, that, that's what ended up happening. But there were, there were some, some guidelines in place for a while that said, uh, not only do you have to be current, but now you have to make the next three payments on time. You can't make them in advance, and so it's going to take three months, and then we'll talk to you about a mortgage approval. Um, you know, that backed off, and, and now we're at a point where we can just show that they're current and close them on a new mortgage. But uh, it, it created uh, some crazy whipsawing in interest rates, you might recall, too. Mm -hmm. um, and, and part of it was due to the fact that uh, the mortgage industry had this predictable incoming stream of money in the form of monthly payments that was just stopped. It, it just stopped happening. Now, without getting too far into the weeds, the people that own those mortgages have to pay out interest payments to the people that have invested in those mortgages. Now, even though those mortgage payments coming in have stopped, the mortgage servicers, they still had to meet their obligation and pay that money out. And uh, the industry got frightened, needless to say. And, and so interest rates were really gyrating for a period of time. Uh, a lot of uh, the fringe mortgage programs just ceased to exist and, and still don't exist today uh, to a great extent. And certain types of lending became very hard until we could just kind of come back and find our center and figure out what's going on here. The other part of that is nobody knew how many people were going to request forbearance. And, and so it was like, well, you know, there's a nuclear bomb up there somewhere. Is it going to land on my head or this guy's head or what? And, and fortunately, I, I think as, as, as the country and the world kind of got a better feel for how the pandemic was, was playing out, uh, things became a little more predictable. The number of, of requested forbearances have gone down consistently over the last six to nine months. And, and, and things are more financially predictable now. So we're back to a, to a very low interest rate uh, period again. Um, again, it didn't stop home buyers when all that was going on, interestingly enough. And, uh, and we got through it. And uh, I think a lot of people in the joint industries are saying, well, my goodness, if we got through 2020, we can probably get through anything. Homeowners who saw this or saw this coming down the pike got out in front of it and leveraged their properties, pulled equity out, refinanced, did a, did a cash out refi mm -hmm. or opened a home equity line of credit so they could take out cash just in case. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I had a home that I'd sold last summer and a homeowner had done just that, owned that house free and clear, decided to do a home equity line of credit and pull 150 grand out of that house. Mm -hmm. Well, for somehow some reason, it wasn't found until we were three quarters of the way through the process. You know, seller said, oh no, there's no loans on the property at all. No, I own it free and clear. There's no, it's, there's no liens. You know, lo and behold, the title company finds this, bring it to the listing agent's attention. And listing agent says, I don't know what you're talking about. They want it free and clear. I said, well, here's the paperwork. Yeah. You know, the guy was actually stupid enough to think that he could, well, he was ill-informed to believe that he could 
actually take money out of a house and and try to skate and leave the buyer holding the tag. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 Crazy decisions, you know, when 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 the unpredictable is in front of us, you know, a certain percentage of people are just going to make irrational decisions. And yeah, I agree. People were looking to take equity out, and I think in part because uh, one of the conclusions, since there was uh, an unclear future uh, with, with our side of the equation, is if I don't take this equity out now and have a cash cushion, I'm not going to be able to take it out again because the lenders aren't going to lend. Um, that didn't happen, but nobody knew at the time, and, and so a lot of people did that. I saw uh, with, with buyers uh, that we had worked with in the past, you know, folks that could make you know, 30 or 40, even a 50% down payment on their new purchase, saying, you know what, I'm going to snug it back to 20 because I want that rainy day money just in case, because I still don't, I'm, I'm anxious to buy the home. I'm ready to overbid on this home. Uh, I'll put in an appraisal guarantee, but I'm going to keep a little cash cushion over here just in case uh, something happens. And so it was an interesting mix of conclusions that people were drawing. Yeah, we, 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 we did see that. We did see that a lot with the mm -hmm. offers that, uh, that, that, uh, that we made. You know, it's interesting that um, the buyers today and last year and 2019, they're different, you know, and, and you know this, you will pre-qualify a buyer who's, who that you say, Hey, good news. You're pre-qualified up to 300,000. Here's what your payment would be. And they go, Whoa, no, yeah. no, 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 not comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. What would my payment be if we were at 240? Well, it would be this. That's what I'm comfortable with. That's my maximum. Yeah. That's what we're going to buy. And see this time and time again. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have two purchasers right now who told me exactly that. You said, here's what they're qualified for. They said, nope. Right. This is my mm -hmm. limit right here, which is great. Yeah. It's great that they're underbuying what their max is. It puts them in a better financial position long term. For sure. And, and it's refreshing to see uh, I, any day of the week, I would rather have the consumer draw the line in the sand as opposed to me having to say, no, you're, you're, you're capped out. It's just a different mindset. I agree with you 100%. Uh, you know, pre-recession, uh, folks were reaching for the stars, weren't they? How much can I borrow? Because my neighbor up the street seemed to be able to borrow that much, so I can too. And now uh, they're, they're taking a far more conservative approach. They're doing their own sort of self-medicating as far as their finances go. And they're saying, look, this is it. This is my comfort level, regardless of that qualifying. And that's a good thing. We've talked about it before, you know, with, with, with folks drawing the, that type of conclusion over the last handful of years, the, the current crop of homeowners is, is really, really healthy uh, because of making those kind of decisions. They had to go through, uh, we could arguably say post-recession underwriting guidelines, which weren't hugely stringent, but it wasn't the Wild West days of, of uh, pre-recession. Uh, so that coupled with consumers generally making more conservative decisions uh, just made for that healthy crop of homeowners that exists right now, and that's a good thing. Um, yeah, 2020 is something that I think that uh, you know, we learned a lot as far as how, uh, how the industry can execute and, and, and where, where consumers' tolerances are and things like that. I, I think we'd all just as soon say good riddance and uh, let's try to get back to some normalcy in our, in our businesses and so on. Um, but uh, I, I, think, I think one of the positive takeaways is, that, you know, if we were having this conversation um, last March or last April, you know, we had no idea what the yeah, future was going to hold. And there were a lot of scary conclusions being drawn. And uh, at the end of the year, we kind of were able to say, all right, we got this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. There are a lot of scary conclusions, a lot of people saying, do you remember the bubble of 2008? <laughs> this is going to be worse. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I never believed that. Mm -hmm. Never believed it for a second. 
Uh, I just think that there are people are way smarter this go around and a lot of people had equity. So I just didn't see that happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, you're right. 2020 is over with. Uh, I'm glad that, it, that we're past it. I, I think it was a very successful year for a lot of people, a lot of realtors, a lot of lenders, the, the housing industry uh, overall for homeowners, mm-hmm. equity, appreciation, that all grew last year. Uh, and for 2021, I will tell you that, uh, you know, here we are towards, uh, you know, heading towards spring. And, um, you know, one of the things that's interesting to me is five years ago, 10 years ago, we used to say, well, you know, it's winter now and things are really slow. December, January, February, things start to pick up a little. Once you get into the early days of spring, you start to see a little more foot traffic. That's gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's, it's year round buying season now. And, um, so, you know, I used to be able to say to a buyer, who was particularly limited in their financial ability to purchase, uh, you know, a smaller limit, um, maybe an FHA or VA loan, which are fine loans, but a lot of sellers have a different opinion of them, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. You know, you used to be able to say to that buyer, hey, December, January, February, most buyers are kind of on the sidelines. That's our time to find something for you. Not the case anymore. Not now. Yeah. No, it's competition, yeah. 12 months a year. Right, right. I and so far this year. For sure. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you the last time I've been in January and had to tell folks, be a little patient. Appraisers are really busy right now. They're, the volume is high. And it's January. It's unprecedented. So, but uh, in any event, that launches us up for uh, a strong 2021. We're excited about that. Agreed. And uh, boy, I'm just glad to be back on with you again with our with our podcast. And uh, we're anxious to convey some good information. Yeah, it's it, it is great to be back. And uh, so more episodes to come. Uh, good topic. I'm glad we were able to to wrap up 2020. Put yeah. a nice little bow on it and say. See you later. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you guys so much.